to the Meet St. Louis podcast, brought to you by Mattress Direct, your local sleep specialist. Each week, we take you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. 2022 has been a huge year for chef Brandy Artis. She's opened two restaurants and is planning a third. It's all thanks to the incredible welcome from the St. Louis community. Brandy is from Kansas City, where she started her cooking journey. That journey took her to Chicago and eventually landed her here in St. Louis. Her passion is breakfast and brunch, and that's what you'll find as the focus of her restaurant, Simply Delicious, in downtown. But she started at the City Foundry with Four Hens Creole Kitchen. Her goal is to take those savory, comforting dishes you love, but put a slightly healthy spin on them. We sat down in her downtown restaurant to talk about food, family, and the plans for the future. So let's meet Brandy. Get the best price on brand name mattresses at Mattress Direct. You'll get the guaranteed lowest price and the non-commissioned sleep specialists will make sure you get the right mattress for the way you get to sleep. You'll sleep better knowing you got the best price on the right mattress when you shop local at St. Louis Mattress Direct. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yes, thank you guys for having me. We are in your restaurant in downtown. Tell us a little bit about this space and the concept here. Um, So Simply Delicious is my baby. Simply Delicious is actually what started my food dreams. Um, This is what I started out as in Kansas City as a catering company. Um, And then it went into fruition a little bit more in Chicago was a catering company there. And then now she has her own space, her own home here in downtown. What did that mean to you to open that door for that first day of business here at your own restaurant? Um, It was tears of happiness. Um, I've worked really hard for this Um, and this wasn't always originally the dream but I kept going back to this dream Mm -hmm. so to be able to have it all come into fruition and this restaurant and this space I could not have asked for a better location in place yeah so when people walk in what can they expect a little bit of me everywhere Um, I am down to earth but super bubbly and friendly and uh, a very colorful personality. So <laughs> you get a lot of greenery, a lot of wood. So that's my natural side. Then you get all the pops of light and color. So that's the uh, brightness of me. And then the food. Obviously, that's what we got to talk about. Yeah, you know, um, these are some of my recipes that have been our home staples for my wife and I. And so they just got to get uh, actual permanent home here at the restaurant. Yeah. So walk me through that sort of menu development. What did you know you wanted to include? Did you know you wanted to do brunch? You know, how did you decide... uh, all of that. Um, this is my favorite time of day to eat. Bre- <laughs> breakfast, brunch, and lunch. You get to dinner and I'm like, uh. But when you talk about what do you want for breakfast, what do you want for brunch, what do you want for lunch, like this is where I horn in at. So for me to be able to create a restaurant that was exclusively those items that I do love to create and make at home, it was just like a whirlwind of yay. <laughs> and so what is, well, what's been your most popular item since you introduced? Um, our CNC factory is very popular. It is two quaffles, which are croissants a pressed quaffle. on a, a quaffle. <laughs> it is a croissant pressed on a waffle press. Okay. And then it gets chopped with four chicken tenders, mm. our hot honey sauce, and then it comes paired with two eggs your way and breakfast potatoes. So it has a lot of working parts. That's why it's called the CNC factory. (laughs) And so you originally said this wasn't the original dream. Walk me way back to the beginning of your sort of cooking career. Um, 
I started at Johnson County Community College okay. and went to uh, culinary school there. I did not complete culinary school. Um, I made it up all the way in finishing my saucier class. And then I was like, I want to start working under mm. people instead of just going to school and going to class for it. Like I needed to dive my hands a little bit deeper into it. Um, I went for um, also food and beverage hospitality management. So on that side of things, we actually had to work in the industry. Mm -hmm. But on the kitchen side, we didn't necessarily have to. So I took a step back and actually went and worked in kitchens and worked in several different locations of different breakfast, brunch, and lunch spots in Kansas City. Um, Is that where you're from? Yes. Got born it. and raised. Um, went and worked at several different um, fast food chains. Not necessarily fast food, but casual fast mm -hmm. Um, to where I learned the importance of getting tickets out quickly. With um, breakfast. I yes. know that's kind of like the key, right? It is. It is. Nobody wants to be sitting and waiting 40 minutes for their breakfast. <laughs> Dinner's a little bit different because you're having a glass of wine, you're chilling, but breakfast, it's that get up and go. So um, I learned that fast, casual pace at um, a couple of different restaurants that I worked at. And so I was just like, let's create a concept that works with that, that is still good, flavorful food, but you're able to give it in a different handheld form sometimes mm -hmm. or a little bit of an easier form than that sit down dinner. And so you mentioned you did catering. So yes. what did that look like? Was the catering focused on breakfast and brunch? And talk to me how that all works. So actually the catering took a whole nother turn in Chicago. Um, Chicagoans love tacos. Mm. And I actually got really popular in Chicago with my tacos, my nachos, and my lotes. So that is going to be the third baby that gets birth. Okay. La Chica Bonita. Yes, we are bringing back the street eats. Yes, Love yes, that. yes. So um, Chicago, I got really popular with tacos. And so I would do a lot of catering gigs with tacos and nachos. And then we would get a lot of breakfast orders for certain companies. I used to work with the Chicago um, Women's Creative, I mean, Women's Collective there. Um, and so they kept us busy with a lot of jobs. We did a lot of different organizations, dinners. We worked with CPS. So we worked with a lot of different um, broadband spaces there and places there um, to where they kind of wanted different foods. So I became the girl that created a menu based upon what my clients' mm. needs were at that point. Still being um, true to what I loved and the flavors that I loved, but creating menus upon what their needs were. What was the biggest difference, I guess, in restaurants and sort of those fast casual spots versus catering? Catering um, takes a little bit more time, care and detail. Um, you have to remember that everyone has to see the same beauty on their plate. Mm. Even if you are serving in a buffet line and everybody is getting something out of one large container, right. it's still being able to plate pretty, still being able to make things to where that person is feeling like you're doing this especially for them. So making sure that flavor profiles are correct for everyone's taste bud that may be there, making sure that you're including different items that someone may want that someone else may not want. Mm. So you have to kind of have a broader span with catering versus when somebody is just ordering from from you they're getting what they want when they want it exactly how they order it so you kind of have to be more broad span with catering versus at a restaurant somebody's picking exactly what they want right. off the menu so what brought you to st louis you know chicago just got a little rough mm. um i have to be honest it got kind of scary um during the pandemic mm. right around when um the george floyd stuff happened there were um fires and people Broken the houses, broken the cars. There was a lot of unrest that happened in the mm. city. And we had two small children, and I looked at my wife and I was like, I 
don't know if we necessarily need to be here any longer. Mm. So we decided to move here. My in-laws are here. My mom was in Kansas City at the time. And now everybody's here in St. Louis. So it's just one big, nice, happy family. And so when you came to St. Louis, did you think, okay, we're going to go to catering? Did you know you wanted to start going towards your own restaurant? Talk to me about that process. Oh, honey, we were not even doing a restaurant at all. <laughs> you were, there, no, no. Right, I, I, was, I was taking a break from food again. Mm. Um, I actually was going to work for my um, friend's home health care business. Oh. Um, I was going to be a regional manager for her. And then I were, we were both looking at a location um, for our houses to be on as well as the business. Mm -hmm. so we were going to do a joint property. And one of the properties we looked at had a Caruso's, old Caruso's inside of it. Okay. And so we were like, huh. We had played around one time when they came to visit in Chicago about the idea of maybe opening a restaurant. And I was like, well, if we do it, it's breakfast, brunch, and lunch. I got to be able to drop my kids off at school and pick my kids up in the afternoon. If That's I can't key. do that, then I don't want it. Mm -hmm. um, because I raised everybody else's kids. I was a nanny for seven mm. years. So when you take care of other people's kids for a long time, you're like, I'm going to take care of mine. I got to yeah. take care of mine. So we ended up um, finding that property and ended up not closing on that. But we found the foundry right shortly after that. And I was like, hmm. I love the food hall concept in Chicago. I had been to other food halls around the country in Nashville and in Tampa and also in Atlanta. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of the start. If I want to do this, this is where you kind of need to be to start in a smaller city like this, somewhere where I did not have a name for myself yeah. here. So we started Four Hens at the City Foundry. Yeah. So for those that are listening who haven't checked out Four Hens yet, tell us, tell us about that. Um, yes, so we own Four Hens Creole Kitchen is inside of the Foundry. It is a Creole restaurant, not Cajun restaurant, so everybody asks what's the difference. Mm. Creole is tomato-based, and it's okay. very flavorful and not spicy, mm. where Cajun is spicy and it's roux-based with most of its items. So we try to change things up a little bit. A lot of our food is not fried except for our chicken on our menu there. So all of our other um, meat options are all pan-seared. So just yeah. trying to give people a little bit of a healthier option of eating Cajun and Creole. So what has it been like to be in the foundry and to sort of be in there as this is just watching it come to life around you? Um, the foundry has been absolutely amazing. Um, that is why we were actually able to open Simply Delicious. Um, this has just been a way of creating another dream and um, being able to see other things happen. The Foundry is a great foundation for people that do not necessarily know exactly how to start a restaurant mm -hmm. or want a brick and mortar or want to worry about having a sit down establishment. So this was the best way for us to start and um, to be able to, to figure out different things that worked for us, didn't work for us. and how exactly this business and how we wanted things to go. Yeah, so when did you guys open Four Hens? We opened Four Hens January 24th of this year. January 24th, and then when did you open Simply Delicious? August 31st. So not like barely seven months later? Yes. <laughs> so two places in one year. Yes, Does that feel crazy? It does. I still get goosebumps when people talk about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm crazy. With two kids that are under six, like, okay, lady, what's wrong with you? But... I just had a dream and I had a vision and everything was coming into fruition. And I was like, you know what? You got to keep going and you got to keep moving. Cause when you stop, that's when the dream kind of stops and you let yourself get complacent. And I do not like complacency. I like to keep striving for things. So that's why we got number two and working on three. Yeah. And so, and plus you were 
clearly getting great reaction. People were loving what you were doing at the foundry. Did you take that and say, okay, we have to sort of strike while the iron's hot? Like people are, are recognizing our name, what we're doing, and we want to like expand that for other people? Yes, that and I also that and I also just wanted something that was me. Mm-hmm. I created four hens specifically to go into the city foundry. None of those dishes besides our Creole cream sauce was anything I had ever created before. Wow. So the soup is brand new, the grits recipe, everything is a brand new recipe for us at that kitchen. So when I opened this, this was coming back to recipes that I had created before that I knew and that I loved mm. and just wanted to give a home. So talk to me about recipe development for you. What does that look like? How is your brain always sort of spinning ideas? Talk to me about that. It is. Um, it's funny. I have called um, my kitchen manager before at the other restaurant and said, hey, pull these ingredients and measure this exact stuff out and put it in a bowl. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm creating a recipe. And he's like, what? I can see things in my head before I put it on a plate. And that's mm. actually the recipe making as well. Um, we created a couple of new recipes today and the recipe was written down before the food was actually put on the stove and tasted. So you got to taste a little amuse bouge yeah. of our um, of our new French toast bake that we are working with here. But that recipe was just kind of a creation of let's play with these flavors, these spices, and let's see what we get. So it's all just a little bit of the mystery and magic that happens in my head. <laughs> Which I love. I mean, that's sort of that that creative juices that get flowing. Yes. And so you, you're hinting at this third place. So tell us a little bit more about that and, and what your hope is there. Um, La Chica Bonita is going to be all of our street eats, our Mexican-style street eats. So tacos, nachos, elotes. Um, we do something called elotes locos, which is elotes, which is the corn with the mayo. Um, it has mayo, butter, a little bit of lemon juice, and tahini is the way I prepare mine. Mm. But then we actually add our meat toppings on top. So you can choose between the different meats that we have as our options. We usually have carne picata, uh, chicken tinga. We usually have a Southwest veggie and then we do a salmon, but our salmon is a little Mm. sweet with a little heat. So it's kind of different from what most fish tacos are. That sounds delicious. Yes. And so where is the hopeful location? So hopefully we will be opening directly behind Simply Delicious. Amazing. Yes. There is a three-story restaurant space and um, club that is becoming available. I've talked to the owners and we already have some stuff in writing. So just waiting for them to finish their um, construction on the building so we can kind of get in there and do our thing. What made you choose downtown? I love the city center. Um, Even in Kansas City before it got all of its big boom and I just loved being downtown. I've always had downtown apartments and I've always lived in places like the city market or like Soulard area. So I just wanted to get back to the place in the area that I loved, even if I didn't necessarily live in it, Mm -hmm. I could have a business in it. Mm -hmm. It's just the hustle and bustle. There's always people moving around down here and there's not always that in other corridors of the city. Absolutely. What is your hope by bringing, you know, there's always a need for more food in downtown. As those of us who work downtown, we know we always need more places to eat. Do you hope to sort of spark that um, passion from others that sometimes might overlook downtown, might look down on it sometimes? What is your hope for for by having a success here? Um, I'm trying to create something different, something different than all of the restaurants that are a few blocks over um, on the main street that gets Mm -hmm. a lot of traffic trying to just bring attention to other parts of downtown um there's a gorgeous hotel a half a block away from us so we get a lot of great traffic coming from the hotel 
We also get a lot of visits from the mayor's office and from City Hall. So we luckily have kind of placed ourselves dead in the center of the corridor to where we're around all of the businesses and around all of the things that are happening. You also have to pay attention to the soccer stadium. You have Ballpark Village. So you're kind of missing out on things if you're not in this center right now. Right. So you said you are from Kansas City, born and raised. Tell me, when did you realize you loved cooking? Like when did, have you always loved it? Tell me about that. I was the chunky kid that grew up in the kitchen (laughs) with their grandmas. Like seriously, um, I was. I was the chunky kid that was not overweight because of eating with (laughs) asthma. So everybody's like, you must eat a lot. No, I just cook really good, Mm. but I cook healthy. So I had to start um, with different recipes that worked a little bit better for me um, and my body. So learning how to do things a little bit different. So I was in the kitchen as young as six, seven years old, helping my grandma shuck peas mm-hmm. and helping them make the rolls and letting the bread rise. So I started out very early in the kitchen. Um, my mom was not a cook by any means. So a lot of times I would be the experimenter in the kitchen mm-hmm. and creating recipes. So it, it's kind of fun that now I have children that I get to share in that with yeah. in the kitchen. But my grandmas were absolutely the reason why I do what I do, why I have the business that I have and why I make the food that I make. They um, paid so much attention to detail. One grandma had 12 kids. Wow. And so she had to learn how to stretch things on a very small budget. Um, So I've learned how to cook for the masses in a very minute way cost-wise, but being able to feed very good food and very healthy food, but at an affordable price. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of what I've been wanting to do is create for the masses and just be able to feed them really good food that isn't always necessarily the fattiest thing, Mm -hmm. but it still gives you all those flavors and all of those reminiscent memories of those not so healthy fatty things. How do you do that? I mean, how do you, like, what are ways that you have found that you can sort of get those really tasty, almost like guilty pleasure foods, but doing it in a healthier way? Um, so like with our French toast bake, um, it's not French toast that's made in a pan slathered in butter and things like that. It's a little bit of a healthier way of uh, making our French toast. It is using fat-free milk instead of whole milk. It is cutting down on certain things that you know you can skimp on, but you're not skipping on the flavor. So figuring out those balances of different flavor profiles, Mm -hmm. adding a little bit more cinnamon and nutmeg and balancing it out with a little bit of salt versus adding that butter that would have that salt. Mm -hmm. Just learning how to balance things, the fats, the acids, a lot of those. that, I imagine, is so much trial and error over the years. It is. It is very much so trial and error. Um, there's been plenty of things that have had to get thrown away, plenty of eggs that have gotten broken as they flip. Um, so you just learn how to be patient with yourself and your food. Um, sometimes you're under a time clock, but you don't have to rush what it is that you're doing. Mm. Um, so just learning how to perfect time in the kitchen while you're perfecting your dishes as well. Is there a dish that you make that you can sort of have seen the the changes over the years that you started with and now it's it's something that's so much more improved is there one that, that yes. comes to mind our shakshuka um it started as something that i had tasted somewhere else and then i found out that it was traditionally a middle eastern dish and then it does have a little bit of a birthright in lebanon and i am black and lebanese so i was like huh let's try to work on this recipe so adding a few other spices adding a little bit of turmeric to it and adding a little bit of coriander to it just kind of gave it my own twist on things, adding cilantro over the top and feta cheese because my flavor profiles over the years have changed, mm-hmm. wanting a little bit more of that salt and a little bit more of that freshness. So just adding things to progress the dish into what it is today. 
you mentioned that you've got kids and that you are sort of like looking back to when you were a child. Do you have they do they join you in the kitchen? What's that like? Have they shown that interest yet? Um, our daughter is usually at work with us every day. Okay. Um, she has a high chair that sits in Aww. the kitchen. And when mommy and mom are at work, she's in the kitchen with Amazing. us. Um, she may have her tablet or maybe watching what we're doing and helping <laughs> us cook or tasting all the ranches and sauces because that's her favorite thing to do. She's a sauce queen just like her mommy. But My, um, my son is very into dipping. He's just like discovered like, oh, this is so much more delicious yes, if I dip it in yes, something. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I my daughter was eating a whole cup of ranch earlier, and right, it was there you go. it was not? a fight. She had three fries that had a whole cup of ranch, <laughs> but that was what made her happy. So you eat that ranch, baby, and you enjoy that ranch. Right. At least I know I made it, so I know it's a little bit healthier than the bottled <laughs> stuff. So those are the the caveats to it. Yeah. Does that excite you though? That idea that that they'll get to watch you live out that dream in the kitchen. And, oh my and, God. And yes. Creating. Yes. 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 Um, I am so very glad that my children get to see the hard work that we put in day in and day out. Um, Little Chicks Lemonade is actually our kids' lemonade company. Mm. They were a part of the taste testing of the lemonade concentrate to make it what it is. They were a part of the tea making. We made a new tea for um, here at Simply Delicious, which is our passion tea. They were a part of that. Our kids are very much a part of everything that we do because I don't have life if I don't have them. Like my kids are literally my everything. So everything that I do, has a reason because of them. Yeah. So, so I you have created to... a lemonade company? Yes. I... <laughs> Do you sleep? Um, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. My eyes would tell a different story. <laughs> At least the bags would anyway. Right? <laughs> I try to think that I do. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but yes, the kids have a, uh, a lemonade company called Little Chicks Lemonade. It is served in both restaurants. So that is the kids' recipe that they created. Um, so we, we really do incorporate the kids in everything. That is amazing. What is, obviously you talked about this third restaurant space We're we're one year into like incredible growth. And so I, I hate to look ahead even further, but what do you hope for, for the future? What are your hopes and sort of dreams for not only the two places you have now, but for that third space and, and beyond? Um, just to be a restaurateur in different cities. Um, St. Louis um, is a great city and it was a great city that started what we're doing, but this is not the last city for us to be in. So being able to go back home to Kansas City and open up a franchise, um, being able to go to Chicago and open it back up, um, giving the people what they love back that I used to do in Chicago. I've been asked several times, can you come back? Can you do pop-ups mm. again? So I did a pop-up in May and we sold out of tacos in one hour. We sold $2,000 worth of tacos in one hour. That's insane. So you, you're like, you know, maybe I need to kind of pay attention to these things. So there definitely are more franchises of the restaurants that we have created um, in line and um, maybe a, cu- a few other uh, creations along the way as well. Um, when you think about like that business part of it, obviously you've got the business sense because you've created these businesses. Has that been a, I guess, a challenge to try to like balance the, the cooking side that you love with that business side that's so vital to, to making things successful? My wife is an angel and <laughs> okay, she retired go. from um, her corporate job in April. Okay. So that has made life a lot easier <laughs> for being able to have her to handle the business side mm-hmm. of things and then I handle the food side of things. So she may be in here with me all day, but she's usually doing paperwork, making sure that all the books are correct. Um, We do have a team of people behind us that help us with things as well. So we are blessed with that because otherwise we'd be two ladies walking around like chickens with their heads cut off. (laughs) Seriously. But um, we really do. We have a great team that helps us out. Our staff at both restaurants are absolutely amazing. 
our general manager of the two restaurants. He is a godsend. Um, so we are, are blessed to have the team that we have. But the business the, side is Brittany, the food <laughs> side is Brandy, and then everybody else just falls into place. I was going to say, that gives you sort of that freedom to really stick with that, yes. that recipe creation. Yes, it does. It gives me that freedom, and it also gives me the freedom to create concepts. Mm. I don't just create recipes. I create restaurant concepts mm. and also bar concepts. So I create different drinks. I create different flavor profiles to work with different foods. So you have to have time to be able to sit down and say, okay, let's play around with this. This is something that everybody's going crazy about right now on the yeah, food like, scene. How do you think about those trends and how does that work with sort of menu creation to, to bring in the trendy stuff without being too trendy, I guess? Um, the microgreens are a huge trend <laughs> that I do not do. Um, but you do, you do, you have to pay attention to the trends, but you also have to stay true to you. Mm. Um, if it is not a part of your culinary expertise, see if you can wiggle it in a little bit, but without changing who you are. So I have been able to add a couple of extra things. Everybody's huge on avocado toast. So yeah. we have avocado toast on our menu and you can judge it up any which way you want, but we kind of do it plain here. It's simple sourdough bread, mashed avocados, Roma tomatoes and eggs your way. A little salt and pepper, and that's it. If you want to zhuzh it up, zhuzh it all the way up, honey, or bring it back down to where she's nice, plain, and simple. I kind of give you freedom here, um, which a lot of restaurants don't always do. The plate is the plate, and the plate is the plate. You don't change it up. So we give our customers a little bit of leeway to have fun with their items as well, which kind of gives people a reason to come back. They're like, oh, my God, I had that sandwich this way, but I'm going to add this and this to it next time, and whoo, it's usually like a Sam. It's like a slam dunk. You're, yeah. you're happy to have that meal. You're happy to come back and try it again. So we give our customers a little bit of fun with our meals as well as us playing around with flavor profiles and, and different flavors to create exactly that experience for them as well. You mentioned that you've already found those sort of regulars that are finding their way here. What has that been like to be sort of welcomed into the, the St. Louis scene um, in such a short time? Um, it has been astonishing for me because again people don't know me they don't know my name I'm just a little black girl that came to town I was like hey I'm gonna open some restaurants I'm like who is this chick and I'm still <laughs> asking myself who I am too like girl who what, what are you doing I'm just living the dream people but no um it has been amazing to have people um flock to us the way that they have in our food but it means that I'm also doing something that the city wanted and needed um for us to be able to have this type of popularity and this type of growth in business with both rest, both restaurants within less than a year. Yeah, it must. I, you mentioned you get goosebumps. I mean, it's got to feel like the. Is there been one moment that sort of feels like the most pinch me moment? Um, Ian's review yesterday. Oh yeah, I just read that. Yeah, I cried like a baby Aww. between George Mayhe writing a two-page centerfold article on me in the St. Louis Magazine and then Ian's review of the restaurant yesterday. You're just like, okay. I'm doing something right. Okay, I guess I guess I do have a little bit of chops behind me. My wife was like, I told you you got this in the bag. And I'm like, oh, I'm so a bigger self-doubter. I was going to say, so you have that self-doubt. Oh, I have self-doubt all the time. Again, I grew you, up you the fat kid. When you grow up the fat kid, sometimes you're like, oh, no, no. You exude so much confidence, yeah. but, you know. It took a long time for me to become this confident. It really did. Um, Chicago awoke something in me that kind of helped me become the woman that I am today. So I am very grateful for Chicago and my growing in that city with my culinary expertise and then with my uh, sales career that I had before that. It definitely helped me grow into the chef and the woman that I am today. So I'm very appreciative of that. 
the the space here uh obviously it's very instagram friendly too yes. um as people walk in you, you you can't help but sort of like need to take photos of this wall here yes um and so our listeners you'll have to come in and see for yourself um what we're talking about but it also gives you sort of that opportunity to to see your customers because it's a smaller space yes is that is that part of kind of that joy of having a sort of smaller space and with a foundry where you really get to see people right then and there experiencing your food yes absolutely i come out of the kitchen i have front of the house staff sometimes i'll deliver the plates to my tables i really do want them to be like oh crap she's really in here yeah i I, it's not a it's not a for play this is really what i do um but no it's nice to have customers to be able to be like oh my god that was so good i was not expecting that how did you pull that together and it's like it's called this little noggin and it works really well sometimes. And then sometimes you're like, girl, what were you thinking? <laughs> but all the recipes have played out good. Everybody's been happy. So I'm just going to keep tiptoeing on the success and, and keep creating those flavor profiles that people are loving that I, I do. If you thought 2022 was a busy year for Chef Brandy, wait till you see what she has in store for 2023. And if you were intrigued like we were about that taco concept she's working on, you can actually get a taste of it now. She does a pop-up of La Chica Bonita on Tuesday nights at Simply Delicious in downtown. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you back here next week.